are listening to the Quarter Transmissions or leave episode 28. Just what the doctor ordered. Right, doctor? I couldn't have prescribed better. Welcome once again to Shore Leave, your Star Trek convention community podcast. As always, I am Jeff Hewlett, and here alongside me is my co-host, whom we've heard go from counting down the months to the weeks to the days and very soon the hours to STLV. <laughs> you guessed it. It's the amazing Heather Barker. Are we there yet? <laughs> See? <laughs> Told you. We skip the hours uh, and go to the minutes. Yeah, I'm past all of it. I guess at the time of this recording, we are exactly two weeks away from pre-registration night. Yes. But I am just focused on beaming there as quickly as possible. Yeah, I think we all are at this point. We're, we're, we're sick of the wait. We <laughs> we weary of the chase. So, uh, All right, so this is our 28th and final episode of Shore Leave leading up to the 2017 Vegas convention. And it's it's I think it's been a really real whirlwind of shore leave over the past couple of months. I'm sure most of you out there who are listening to this have been with us for this marathon of episodes. But on the off chance you're new to the show or missed anything, I wanted to really quickly run down a couple of things we've covered in the last couple of months that are really worth listening to. So, of course, our five hour three part STLV 101 series with John and Marina and Jesse that tells you everything you need to know about the attending the Vegas con. And we made it as time agnostic as possible so that you can listen this year or next year or wherever you're going to be going to the Vegas con. You'll hear some really great advice and tips and tricks in there. Uh, following that, we also did an episode on managing conventions with anxiety with Matt and Zach, who are incredible. There are some great tips and advice and personal stories that we hope will help you guys out there with your future conventions. And finally, we just finished up a two-part 2017 Vegas Vendor Room Spectacular featuring tons of great people. Danny Schwartz, of course, from Shop LAP, Mickey from Make It So, Lou from Fansets, Larry Nemechek, Dr. Trek, and some very special guests, Julie Nimoy and David Knight, came by to tell us about the screening of the new Remembering Leonard Nimoy documentary, which will be shown on Wednesday, August 2nd at STLV. We expect to see every single one of you there with your tissues in hand. Right, Heather? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's been a packed couple of months on Shore Leave. So tonight we're going to be focusing on us and our Trek family. And joining us to help us with that are three people who... I think should be very familiar to everybody out there by now. So let's see. First up, we've got a frequent visitor to Shore Leave and one of our very favorite people, the forever indispensable Claire Little is back. <laughs> Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, thank you for coming by. It's so exciting. We're going to be seeing you very soon, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Getting excited. You sound excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and let's see. Next, uh, someone who, as of this recording, uh, if you're listening to this in the future, I can't guarantee this is still true. But uh, as of this recording, he is still the only guest to have appeared on all of our currently running Tricorder series. He's our Trek food expert. Mr. Adam Drosen is back. Hello, Shoreleave. Hello, Tricorder Transmissions. Hello, sir. How are you this evening? I'm quite well. I am so excited for STLV. I am vi literally vibrating like a hummingbird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's awesome. I can't wait to see you too. And let's finally, we've got the creator and host of Trek Ranks, our newest show here on the Tricorder Transmissions Network, the undisputed king of ranking Star Trek. It is Mr. Jim Morehouse. 
Hey guys, I'm happy to be here. And we're a short leave is now a, it's like a daily podcast, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's what it feels like over the last few weeks. Pretty much, and we've a, had an episode every week. The daily uh, output. Yeah, yep. It's been it's been a whirlwind's roller coaster. It's a lot of been a lot of fun though. I mean, Heather and I have been so super super busy. I don't know how we've managed to keep all this stuff straight. Yeah, lots of fun guest spots that we've done. Oh God, and the guest spots too. Yeah, tons of those. Yeah. Lot, lots going on, but it made the time go past very quickly. It certainly didn't. I've never folded laundry so well as when I listen to Shore Leave. <laughs> <laughs> Immaculate. Uh, I'm working on my Shore Leave podcast ranks. Nice. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, you got 28 episodes to rank now. Let's see if we should do that at SCOV. So, Heather, it looks like we've got some late breaking news here just as we're getting started with the Shore Leave episode. And they're. Looks like we've got some stuff to stick our feet in our collective mouths over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently this is the year for that. Um, we have got Discovery News, which is pretty freaking amazing. And like, yeah, I take back everything I said about there not being much of a Discovery presence this year because they have come through and surprised us all. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. What should we tackle first? Well, I guess we'll just tackle the announcement as it's written. So we'll start off with the, the beginning says uh, star Trek discovery will help kick off the star Trek Las Vegas with appearances by cast members, writers, producers, and designers on the afternoon of Wednesday, August 2nd in the Leonard Nimoy theater. And that's not all as star Trek.com and CBS all access will bring multiple exhibits, special panels, daily contests, authors, and much more to the five day event. So I think Wednesday just became the must attend day of this convention because you've got remembering Leonard Nimoy on Wednesday and the discovery kickoff on Wednesday. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm really hoping that that doesn't interfere with the Leonard Nimoy thing. Sounds like they might be back to back in that room. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I hope so. So guys, well, what, what, what is everybody's first reactions? I know we've all saw this earlier today. What is everyone's first reaction? Hey, Claire, what did you think? Oh, thrilled. Of course. Um, I just happened to have changed my flight last Ooh. night. No idea they were going to drop this stuff and that it was going to be on Wednesday. Uh, I originally was flying in on Wednesday night. Now I'm flying in on Tuesday night. And I could not be happier with my Ooh. decision to change my flight. Uh, if I missed this, I would be really disappointed. That That's awesome. Good, great luck on your part, just finding a, yeah. a, a cheaper flight to change to. That's amazing serendipity as we like to say yeah it really was <laughs> absolutely uh dr drosen what about you i am excited as everybody else it's phenomenal no one really saw it coming i mean i think everyone hoped but everyone at least i shouldn't say for everybody but i assumed as did many people who are uh, kind of plugged into what's going on with san diego comic-con just kind of assumed that this was of a different scale and of a different uh uh, sort of dollar amounts. I think everyone's pretty excited to uh, get get it at the hometown crowd, as it were, in Vegas. But I also think it's kind of interesting that they dropped the uh, Groupon rates less than 24 hours before, yeah. because I think after uh, after last year, people would have assumed that Wednesday would have become a historically light day, uh, mm-hmm. as as the scheduling yeah. last year sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, would indicate but now it's the go-to day i wouldn't be surprised if that wednesday uh uh single day pass sells yep. out within the next week we're gonna keep an eye on that one. 
That's a good point. Now, you know, I know Heather, you and I were talking about this earlier when this announcement came out over Messenger, and I was I was hearing your excited sounds <laughs> in my head as we were talking about them. How did how did you how did you feel when you first saw this announcement? Well, yeah, I'm pretty excited. I um I had a feeling that we were gonna see a couple things and didn't really want to say too much about that because I don't want to get anyone's hopes up and then then that stuff doesn't show. But I've seen tidbits from various friends on social media. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I was blown away by the number of things that that CBS is doing for us. Uh, We've got a lengthy list here. So it's not just one or two things. It's It's a full package. And I am hopeful that this will satiate everyone out there <laughs> who is upset that Star Trek Discovery didn't seem to have much of a presence um, up until today. I think that this is a, a pretty clear acknowledgement of, of fandom of STLV and of you know recognizing that we we should see fun stuff too. That yes. it's not all about as you know San Diego Comic Con. Um, I think that pretty much everyone is is probably happy at this point. Yeah, I would think so. And you know what? Kudos to Creation and CBS for keeping this relatively secret because this I think this was a big surprise judging by the reaction in the Facebook group. I think this was a, a really huge surprise to, to the most of us out there. So good on them for that. So Mr. Morehouse, finally, what 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 were your reactions when you first heard about this? Yeah, same. I was actually going to say kudos to CBS and Creation for just making this happen because yes. it's not that it's not that simple. It's like, I mean, you have a third party. Creation's a for profit company putting this on, so when you start having these conversations about who's covering what to get there, and you know, it can't be easy. And but CBS knows that they need to promote this thing in a unique mm-hmm. way. This is not just about ratings. This is about subscriptions for the first time ever. And they're obviously going the extra mile to make sure that they have the big presence and uh, and a, a presence that's gonna that's gonna translate for them in terms of subscriptions. I think it's really really smart move and could not be more fired up. I also think this shows a huge amount of confidence in CBS in terms of Discovery itself because the people who go to STLV are the probably the hardest core fans, and we all know Trekkies can be kind of prickly. <laughs> in terms of their opinions. <laughs> and uh, there's been some grumpiness surrounding this series, just yes. like there has been for every new Star Trek series and every new movie. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, we like to say our opinions. I think the fact that they're willing to unveil this stuff in front of what could be a really tough crowd means they're really excited about what they're unveiling. And they think it's going to be good and it's going to be Star Trek and that like hardcore Trekkies are going to embrace it, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm counting on seeing the faces of people start lighting up on Wednesday and hearing more positivity for the rest of the convention about that's this. gonna happen. That's that is for sure gonna happen, Jeff. Great call. Today was like the most amazing Star Trek day yeah. in a while. I think since the announcement of Discovery, probably, right? Yeah. I mean the, yeah, this yeah. this yeah, this news coming out has just been phenomenal as as well as some of the sneak peeks we've been getting from CBS on um, you know, like what the tricorder looks like, what the communicator's gonna look like, mm-hmm. what the phaser's gonna look like. My my Twitter stream has been nothing but Star Trek. So I'm so pumped. Like, you know, I was really excited yesterday, but I am ten times more excited today. 
Yes. Yep. I think, I think yeah. people were kind of expecting something of a come down after the 50th last year. And as yep. sweet as the TNG 30th is, it's just inevitable. But this is the shot in the arm that uh, everyone really needed uh, two weeks out from the con. I totally agree. Uh, the hypo spray for sure. <laughs> so perfect I mean... segue, by the way, Heather. Sorry about the perfect segue, by the way. We're also, according to this announcement, they say we are also getting uh, to take a seat in the Discovery's captain's chair and see actual Discovery props, speaking of the tricorder and the other things, uh, straight from the set along with creature ship and concept art at the Discovery exhibit. So we're getting a Discovery exhibit with real stuff that we can actually see before the show goes live. That's incredible. Incredible. Yes. I think I'm actually more excited about the exhibit than the people. I know that's a weird yeah. thing to say. But no, no, I want to see this stuff. I mean, I love yeah. props and I want to see this stuff up close. And yeah. in yeah. years past, the prop and costume exhibits have always mm-hmm. been one of my very favorite things that creation yeah. has, has had. Yeah. And so I'm like, super excited about this yeah i just have to say i mean a lot of people were kind of upset that you know now we're going to have the cbs all access stage which we found out a little more little more information today and we'll talk about that but without the roddenberry stage we were going to lose our tos captain's chair and i'm sorry but having the discovery <laughs> yes. captain's chair is just yeah. so so amazing that I, that just completely makes up for that <laughs> yep. uh I am. I didn't even get a picture. I took a picture of everyone else in the chair, last year, <laughs> but I didn't get a single picture of me in the chair. So one of you, yeah. please, is going to get a picture of me. I am so excited for this. I think Absolutely. we're all going to get pictures in that chair. I can't wait to see what it looks like. It's that's such a perk. Yeah. And again, I think it just shows how confident they are in their design and production choices. Like the the fact that they're willing to show costumes and and creature designs, it, like. Yeah, the Klingon redesign has been controversial. It always is. Mm-hmm. But again, the fact that they're like willing to have people get a really up-close look at these new designs means that they are really behind them and that they think the fans will be too. And like yeah. they're kind of they're kind of heading the criticism off at the pass here by having everyone get a chance on Wednesday to look at the stuff mm-hmm. and have discussions about the real thing for the rest of the convention instead of speculation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and why would they would not be? I mean, these yeah. these clips that they've been revealing this week, and we saw the phaser about a month ago where you could kind of tell maybe it was going to be like a TOS phaser. This phaser, oh. the, the design element on this, <laughs> it's like anyone, literally you cannot complain now about design aesthetics and this or that, the timelines before, more advanced, whatever. Look at the care that they put into this phaser. It is clearly a mashup of the yes. cage and the mm-hmm. TOS phaser. Yep. It's a perfect, perfect fit right in the middle if you're a big continuity wonk. It, yeah. You just have to stop complaining. Sorry, you have to find something else. to. Seriously, this, guys, we are seeing this before it's on the television, mm-hmm. right? Like, yep. when yeah. have we ever gotten to see props and yeah, costumes before a series has premiered? And I, I just, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm it's sorry. Amazing. I'll just be quiet. I could just be like, I'm excited all night. <laughs> it's a huge <laughs> bonus, man. It's a huge bonus. And it's a big nod to the fans and, and the people who are going to STLV. I think it's, it's a huge thank you. Uh, you know, I think yep. thank you to Creation and CBS for giving this to us. Cause this is really, it, it's, this is catapulting this year's STLV into a whole nother level for me. It really is. A, yeah, I, I was think- just about to. 
I was going to say that this is going to be the convention that everybody says, oh, my God, I was at that one. Yep. Yeah. Ten yeah. years from now, it's going to be, I was there two months before Discovery launched, and they had mm-hmm. the whole crew, and they had all the, it's going to be incredible. I, I mean, that... we've all read stories about, like, uh, yeah, TNG in 87, 86. Yep. Well, and, and the original series. They showed a couple of episodes at a, some, like, sci-fi convention in New York or somewhere. Yep. And, like, these people are sitting in a room going, okay, whatever, we're watching episodes of the show that mm-hmm. we don't really know what it is. At the time, yeah, you know they looked back on that 5, 10, 20 years later, and they were like, I saw Star Trek before Star Trek was on the air. Like, yeah. I think it's important for us to realize what a privilege this is. Mm-hmm. Yes. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like creation, especially and in, in bringing this to us, this is a big deal. And I think that we should be extremely appreciative, you know, not only of having the privilege to see this stuff, but for creation, being able to pull it off and, and bring it to us. Um, I, I have to give them props and thanks for that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I am very grateful. All right. So we've got a lot more things to talk yes, about. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes, yes. OK, OK. okay. So next up, uh, let's go to the CBS All Access stage, which we knew that this was coming. It's replacing the Roddenberry stage that was in Quirks. What we know now is that our buddy Jordan Hoffman from the official Star Trek podcast, which is called Engage, is going to be, I guess, the the main host. Um, But there will be different people on the stage in different programs. So there's going to be the... The, the Trek trivia tournaments that we know Jordan Hoffman for, he's done mm-hmm. that um, annually. Apparently a Starfleet Academy spelling bee, which I assume Claire will be joining. Oh my God, I don't know. Like, <laughs> honestly, I have, I have Star Trek crossword puzzles that are so hard because you realize you've never seen any of these weird alien <laughs> names in writing before how are you yeah. supposed to know how like you might know how to pronounce it but you don't know how it's spelled so you can't do the crossword so actually i probably will not be doing that <laughs> i have those crossword books those are great yeah they're fun but they're hard yeah this so uh, that sounds like a ton of fun i mean we're all going to be at a loss so i think it's going to be hilarious to watch people misspell all this stuff um yeah Let's see, the big contest, which mm-hmm. I assume is another trivia type thing. They will have cosplay photo ops and much, much more. So, you know, it sounds like they're they're taking this, you know, they're evolving the Roddenberry stage into the CBS All Access stage. So it's going to be similar. It's going to have its own original programming. And it, it sounds like it's going to be pretty fun. Just FYI, if you didn't check out last year's version of this, some of the best panels were actually on that stage so it's easy to miss and it's easy to sort of disregard maybe as being small and more fan driven or sort of low-key but there's really cool stuff on that stage so check it out yeah Mm -hmm. i have a feeling this year it's going to be after reading that jordan's going to be there and and some of the stuff that's going to be going on there i think this is going to be a popular spot yes i do yeah i think that we're going to have some smaller fan panels either there or in Mm -hmm. the secondary in the deforest kelly theater i've seen some of our friends in the unofficial star trek las vegas convention group posting about some stuff that they're doing it's either going to be this stage or that secondary stage but it's it sounds like we're definitely still going to get those those fan focused panels as well awesome looking forward to those uh let's see what else oh by the way, we've got here's our science section that Claire was alluding to before. There's a lot going on here as well. So we've got uh, Phil Plate, I think, the bad mm-hmm. astronomer, along with some Caltech researchers, are going to be guiding fans on a trek into today's universe. 
with strange new worlds being discovered and an upcoming solar eclipse. And on Saturday and Sunday mornings, the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory educators are going to be taking – I'm so envious of these kids that are going to be doing this uh, – are going to be taking young fans on an exciting Star Trek STEM journey to help a stranded starship. Kids will build an antenna array, send data about the nearest wormhole to the ship, and restore navigation to the starship. So these kids are going to get to do the Kobayashi Maru live at STLV. How cool is that? Yeah. It's I wonder if awesome. like adults can sneak into that. <laughs> can we cosplay as kids and sneak in? <laughs> It's really great to see a science presence at STLV again. Yes. Uh, I know yeah. we're so excited about Mae Jemison being there, and this is just like they're throwing confetti, like science confetti at us. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. more celebration of science. It's really awesome to see. I think that most of us here, if not all of us, are you know super interested in this kind of stuff and are definitely going to going to hit the panel and probably check out this uh kids thing from jpl (laughs) yeah and i want to say too that i think this this means i'm going to take this as creation is actually listening to what people are saying because we've been saying this and i know people in the group have been saying this after mission new york and all the great science stuff they had there we're saying i wish creation would do more of this stuff i think that means that they've been listening to the community i think so too and they've done it in the past i think honestly last year was probably the outlier in terms of being the one year where they really didn't have any science presence that I can mm. recall. I'm assuming it's because they were focusing on the 50th anniversary sure. programming, but um, yeah. yeah, I'm really excited that last year is be is a blip and not a new trend. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And kid focused content too. You don't hear about much kid focused content you at don't. STLV either. So this may be a little more of a family friendly move. On creation's part. Yeah, I have to give uh, creation props because, for this because I, I know that in the past, my friend Mary Shawinsky has been there with the craft table, and I don't think she's going to be there this year. So this is a great substitution for for kids. Uh, mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot there. We've got our coloring tables that will be there for kids and adults, but it's exciting. Even though we don't have a ton of kids that attend STLV, it's great to see some programming for them. Yeah. And you know, in in upcoming years, we might see a lot more kids because yeah. people are watching Discovery with their children. Mm-hmm. So they have Smart. Uh, so yeah. such a good point, Claire. Such I mean, a good point. back of my childhood experiences with Star Trek and, you know. Mine too. I would yep. have been one of those little kids who was like, hell yeah, let's go to a Star Trek convention. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, our friend Juan Ortiz is making his return, by the way. This is another really cool announcement. Oh. So it, we're going to have a uh, 30th uh, next-gen 30th anniversary art exhibit featuring all 178 posters by Juan Ortiz. And I remember Jim handing out packs of these cards last year. Yes. And we had a whole lot of fun opening these cards up. So we're going to see large format print versions of all of these next-gen artworks that he has done. I am excited about this, too. I'll be doing that again this year too, and Woo! I am oh, so fired know. up about that. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't read about that. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, that yeah. Is a great, that's going to be a great art display. I'm looking forward to that book being published in the in the fall. Yeah. I just. I remember last year at the con, I ran into Jim. I was like, "Hey, man, what have you been up to?" He's like, "Well, I just spent the last two hours in the art exhibit." It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, this was a big thing for me because I just loved that the the 50th anniversary art expedition yeah. is not the right word art exhibition 
it, it can be an art expedition in a way. <laughs> but there's, some, there's something about his art that is just so great. Yeah. It's, it's so phenomenal. Clever. I mean, I have a dress. I have the City on the Edge of Forever oh, dress. Awesome. That yeah. Anovos and Goldbubble combined to do this dress, and I'm looking forward to wearing it. It's, I love his art. I'm hoping that he's actually going to be there too. I don't think we've gotten any confirmation on that, but maybe it's a possibility. Uh, that would be really awesome. He was there the last time that they did the major art exhibit for him. They had him signing in the vendor's room. So I'm going to cross my fingers, and if he doesn't make it, I'm just going to enjoy the heck out of his art. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, the art exhibit is a great way to kind of relax if you are feeling overwhelmed about the rest of the convention or wanting yeah. to find like a quieter space, but you don't want to leave the, the Star Trek experience. Yeah. Pop into that art exhibit and spend an hour or two or whatever just walking around and looking at it. It's calm and relaxing. It's quiet. It's away from the crowds usually. And it's awesome. Unless they have it in the hall. I don't know if they're going to do it in the hall. I'm just thinking about last year's where it was actually yeah. in a room. So yeah, I, I hope it'll be in that room again. Me too. Yeah. I, that's so much better. I think when they had the original series, it was just in the hallway, uh, which they did have some ambient music playing, but it's just not not the same. This uh, yeah. Having the separate room is just really great and definitely a great place to go chill out and take a few minutes to get lost in that beautiful art. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there's one final piece to this announcement here uh, that kind of read into something into it. And I hope that I'm right. But you guys can you guys can tell me if I'm, I may be off base with this. But uh, it says that the uh, CBS Con Consumer Products and Roddenberry Entertainment are opening their archives to present an array of photos, props and costumes for Star Trek Las Vegas attendees to enjoy. Look for the TNG archives in the t in 10 forward throughout the entire event. I was taking that as the 10 forward exhibit is going to be free. I think so. I think the 10 forward exhibit, okay, my, the way I took that is that it's going to be like the bridge exhibit where mm -hmm. it's free to go in and look at it and you can stare at it for as long as you want, but that they did have special photo ops mm. that they were selling yeah. separately. So mm -hmm. I think the 10 forward is going to be the same way. Hmm. I, I hope. Okay. Because, That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. That's been my understanding. I think it's just phrased a little interestingly by saying it's in in ten forward. Uh, yeah. You know, you could you could jump to the assumption that that quarks will now be ten forward, which would be freaking awesome. Uh, but I I don't think that's the case. I pretty much had the same assumption that you guys did that it'll be in a room blocked off, and that you can admire it and look at it, and then the photo ops will just be the ones that have been sold, which I think you can get them. I think they're doing like the $35 one for people. Finally, there's a, a list of some of our Star Trek authors, editors, and illustrators who will be there uh, participating in panels and doing some signings. And they give us a, a little bit of a list here with some photos of people who are going to be there. But so guys, final thoughts on this big announcement today before we move on to one more surprise announcement. My understanding from what I've seen, and I was a little confused because they refer to Discovery cast. And yeah, among yeah. yeah, among those names that were listed, none of them were actual Discovery cast. So my understanding is that we're still going to get some cast announcements. Uh, we, we don't know who they are. Did you guys take it that way, that we're going to actually get actual Discovery cast? 
I had this, I wondered the same thing as you, but Adam said something possibly before we started recording that makes me wonder if this isn't just a copy paste Mm -hmm. issue uh, about this announcement being very similar to the one for San Diego Comic Con. And I don't, Adam, I don't know if you meant that similar, like word for word similar or just content similarities. I think that it's, yeah, it's a placeholder announcement. It's kind of the thing of like, we're putting it out there that if like, if anyone's still on the fence or not trying to, you know, buy a ticket in the next two weeks, now's the time because we're, you know, we are going to have people there who that ends up being TBD schedule, whatever. I, I think that it's, and I I hope that people, when we do get the list, uh, aren't disappointed if we don't get the full lineup uh, of people that will be at San Diego, which I imagine will be difficult to replicate. But that is the impression that I got is we're going to put it out there. We're getting some people stand by to see who's going to be up. It, It was written pretty clearly in a broad way that, Hey, there will be cast. There will be creatives. Mm-hmm. That means yeah. you're looking at at least, you know, one producer and at least one cast member. Mm-hmm. That's that's how it's written. So, yeah, yeah. I think we'd all be happy with that. I would be thrilled the fact that they're going to have a creative uh, a producer on the on the, somebody on the production side is that's key for me. That's great. I'd, yeah. I'd love to see that guy, uh, Ted Sullivan, Ted. An appearance. Oh, yeah, he yeah. Seems to, that would yeah, be great. He seems to be definitely the most active in the mo- on social media and the most keyed into the fandom. So I think if he was sort of the production representative, uh, among others, if possible, but certainly him, I think that that would do go a long way to engendering some goodwill with the fan base. The they would building. sell. They would sell a lot of extra subscriptions if that guy was there. Yeah, yeah. I I tried to start a campaign on Twitter because I asked him if he was going to go, and he said that he had not been invited. But this was several months ago. Yeah. So I tried to like retweet if you want him here and that didn't quite work, but uh, I'm hoping at this point that, yeah, he and Jason Gorn should, should certainly show up. If nothing else done to meet Santa Gorn, those guys will cross over. <laughs> yes. Jason Gorn and Santa Gorn together at last. Yes. And sitting together in the discovery captain's chair. Yes. I'm wondering if Jonathan Frakes might talk a little bit about his directing experiences on Discovery. I know that he's not going to be at the 30th anniversary thing in the evening, but he will still be at the convention at some some point. Yeah. So I don't, doesn't sound like his schedule is going to get him on stage at the same time as the Discovery guys, but yeah, I'm hoping that he'll like give some sort of information or talk about it a little bit. I don't think he could avoid it. I mean, unless he's, you know, legally bound, you know, not to talk about it. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Like, I, I, give us a I, point I, from your experiences, please. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I think he's going to have his own time on stage from what it looks like. And I know that if he takes questions from people, someone's going to ask that question. So yeah. that'll that'll be exciting to hear about if he's able to divulge anything. Maybe I should ask that question. I should. Yes. Given my everyone knows how much I cringe about fan questions and I have a real love hate relationship with them, I should just ask ask a question. Yes. <laughs> so let's see. We also have one other quick thing that just came in uh, just before we started to record, and we have gotten our hands on the vendor room hours. Let's see. So we're the hours are pretty much what you would expect. You know, we're gonna get the typical opening on Tuesday night. And the hours are fairly typical, so um, the vendor will be open from noon to 8 on Wednesday. 
Uh, it's going to be open from 9.30 a.m. until 7 on Thursday, 9.30 a.m. until 7 on Friday, uh, 8.30 to 7 Saturday, and here's the bummer, 10 to 5 p.m. on Sunday. And we said in a previous shortly that we were hoping that it was going to go back to the 7 p.m. closing on Sunday because the MAC Cosmetics booth wasn't going to be there anymore. But looks like they're sticking with the 5 p.m., which is a real bummer. I can understand only in the sense that I believe there is another convention starting yeah, the next probably, day. Yeah. That's it. That's so exactly it. I, you know, that's usually what's driving it. They have to give people time to break down and, and that can take a lot of time. But I think that perhaps if everyone wants to let creation know <laughs> that we would love to see the vendors room open for a little bit longer on Sundays, because that's really your last chance to, to grab something that you maybe waited on or just weren't sure about. And there's still stuff going on on Sunday. Yeah. So not everybody make, can make it by 5 p.m. And you've got kind of a lull between, well, between like that 5 p.m., assuming that programming is over, and then the Rap Pack event doesn't start until like 9 or 9.30. Yeah, it's late. So... I can understand if there are vendors out there who want to pack up and go home and they've worked very hard the entire convention. So I get that too. But I think that, you know, for the most part, fans wouldn't mind a couple extra hours of the vendors room being open. So maybe let creation know, send them an email and uh, maybe next year we can get it changed. (laughs) Do you know if uh, they're going to have that little like additional vendors room that they had last year across the way? It was like a tiny little, there's like no way. There's four. no way they're doing that again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would that think had to be an emergency last-second fix for overflow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was just they ran out of space. The Mac booth took up so much, so much space oh, last you know year. What? I think that's probably exactly what it was. I, I yeah. somehow yeah. forgot about that thing, even though <laughs> it was enormous. Um. <laughs> yeah. I don't see anything in this email about the secondary vendors room. By the way, there's nothing in here that I can see, so I don't think they're going to do Yeah, I think we're good. I think the my biggest question is whether they're still going to put all the autograph people in that other autograph room, which I hated. Yeah. Whatever, Brazil, you're, I don't remember the name of the room. I won't pretend to, but we've talked about it before. That room is so claustrophobic, and it's just it's nice to have everyone in the same room. I agree, and if they do do that again, hopefully since the Mac – booth is gone and there's more people or there's gonna be more space in the regular vendors room if they move some of the people back at least that other room won't be as cramped and mm-hmm. they can open it up a little bit more if they have to use it there won't maybe there won't be as many people but i still feel bad for anybody who gets stuck in that other room off to the side because it's kind of an off the beaten path down us down the hallway all the way and it wasn't really yeah. the most convenient location no i don't think we enjoyed it i don't think the people in there enjoyed it either the you know the the guests selling the autographs i did quickly just want to confirm that yes they are doing an attendee 10 forward photo op which is you sitting at 10 forward up to two people in that picture for 35 bucks it's only on wednesday thursday and sunday wow okay but you can do that. So given all that and given that there's definitely still a quirks <laughs> on the the creation site, I, I think that we're we're spot on with assuming it's gonna be in its own room. Maybe that tiny room will be bigger. And because mm-hmm. thinking about it, like where are they gonna put it? The the TOS bridge has a room and it will be there. So 
10 forward is going to need to be either across the hall or in that autograph room. Mm -hmm. And then they move those people back into the vendor's room. I guess we'll see. We will see. We'll, we'll find out. We'll let the group know. We're kind of big on not spoiling the, the experience of going. So when we get like, when we're there, we're probably not going to be posting pictures like we get Jeff and I get there Monday. So we're probably not going to be posting pictures of any props and they'll, they'll still be setting up, but we usually wait until at least Wednesday when the con has begun to allow pictures of that kind of stuff in our group. But uh, we can definitely get some of these little details. Once we find them out, we'll let people know ahead of time if possible. All right, guys, I think it's time to move into the rest of short leave episode 28. Unless anybody else has anything they want to throw in for news. Nope. Uh Okay. Oh, goodness. All right. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about that I didn't get to talk about in the anxiety episode, and I hope you guys will join me in this discussion just for a bit, are kind of like basic manners to have at STLV. We've had this subject pop up in the group, and I felt it would be nice to just touch on certain things. Uh, I know Claire and I have talked about the whole hugging thing. <laughs> I'm just going to bring it up if you didn't. So that's Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And so I, I, so what I'll, what I'll say there, and we'll just kind of jump into this. Um, you know, obviously we're all super crazy excited to see our friends and to meet new friends. And, you know, I, for one, typically I enjoy hugging people. If I see a friend, I know I will generally hug them, but I get overwhelmed very easily and I don't always want to hug everybody. And I think Claire can say a little bit about that too. Yeah. I mean, and like, before I say anything in case anybody in this conversation or listening to it is like, Oh my God, I will never hug Claire again. (laughs) That's not necessarily what I'm saying. Uh, if I know you and I have met you in years past and we have talked, you know, for more than five minutes or whatever, and you want to give me a hug, go as a greeting. That's fine. I will never initiate a hug probably because I'm just not that kind of person. But I guess like just be aware if you're meeting someone, especially if you're meeting them for the first time, not everyone's going to necessarily want you to give them a hug as your sort of if that's your default form of greeting. And I think this is kind of general life advice, but it's something that is exacerbated at a convention where you might be meeting new people at a really rapid fire rate. And all of a sudden at the end of an hour or two, you've had like 10 or 15 people just sort of give you hugs. And if you're not a huggy person, that can be sort of overwhelming or surprising. Yeah. So just keep in mind the fact that it's more of a quantity thing. Like the, it's like, I, I totally didn't occur to me until the very first time I went to STLV and like two hours into it, I was like, I have hugged more people in the last two hours than probably the last two years. And it was just like, whoa. And I didn't freak out. It wasn't, I didn't feel violated. It wasn't a negative thing. It was just like, well, if it was up to me, I would have done that differently. Like my choice is not to hug people, but I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to push you away. But yeah, just keep it in mind. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult subject because I'm the same way. I like hugging most people, but I am that person who gets overstimulated and can't handle too many hugs <laughs> in in, uh, in an hour. So I guess the way that I'm kind of thinking of approaching it this year, especially with my new, new friends or people who I may have only just talked to briefly last year is 
I don't know. I just like ask people, like, can I hug you? <laughs> like it's yeah, or, hard. Or like be be slower about it. Like make yeah. the hug yeah. like the hug body language, let it linger for a couple seconds. And if you don't get uh, any like nobody reciprocates, then don't keep continue to go in for the hug. Like uh, as opposed to just like going right for the hug. It can be a little I could quote Monty Python right now, but you might have to edit it out because it's <laughs> depending on the the rating of your podcast, so I won't, but don't this go diving a, straight for it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this is a very, very, this is a very complex set of variables. It is. It I is. know. And I don't mean that to was make a data it quote, so data quote. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, and that's true. the thing. I don't want anyone listening to this to be like, hold on. I have to do like five minutes of calculus before I decide if I can or should hug this person. That's silly too. That makes it awkward. Um, we don't yeah. want to make anyone feel awkward about their greeting, whether it's hugging or being hugged or not or whatever. It's, yeah, it's so know. difficult. You know, it's difficult and it's difficult for me to talk to because I don't have all of the right things to say about going about physical contact. Um, you know, my my general guideline is that if I don't know someone, I'm not going to initiate physical contact with them. If if it's something like I want to do, then I, I might ask them. So I talk about it all the time on here. I have fibromyalgia. It's a neuromuscular disorder. Often when I'm in STLV, I'm in pain. So coming up to me and giving me like a vice grip hug mm. is the worst thing that you can do. <laughs> and it happens. And then I'm in a position of like trying to get out of that. So that's something that I would just recommend people avoid. Like I know we're all very excited, but these like crazy strong bear hugs uh, are not always a good thing, especially when someone has an invisible disability mm. that you're not aware of by looking at them. That's a great way to make my pain even worse. So it's kind of a, if you don't know someone well, maybe consider not touching them or asking if you can touch them first or say, you know, doing a fist bump or something. It's really just about respecting other people's boundaries that you may not be aware of. And generally the, the best way to do that is to at least ask before you initiate physical contact. Yeah, definitely. I'll th and I'll I'll throw this one on the pile. This one's a little bit more. Um, it, this is this is a lesser. But it's happened to me twice last year, and and I'm not. A, I don't mind being hugged. Uh, but same thing as everybody else. Not, but if it's somebody that I don't know, I'm a little more wary of it. But I had two people give me one of those bear lift hugs where they try to pick you up off the ground with the hug yeah. and those those are a little bit out of bounds i think for just about everybody unless you really know someone they're like your best friend ever or something but uh don't do that to me please it's kind of <laughs> freaky and it hurts so please don't do that and you know who everybody you are make that when you see jeff yeah don't do, do the bare lift hug. and lift my one. lift me my feet come off the ground that's you know a little too much. <laughs> happened twice so yeah, I just, I wow. Just like, wow. I just like to put it out there to, to be aware that while you may want to hug a lot of people and while we've, we've said, you know, most of us here don't mind a hug. Um, it just isn't something that everybody wants to do. And so if you do try to hug somebody and they're not into it, please respect that and be cool with it. I think one of the reasons that there's like so much extra hugging going on at STLV is actually a really positive reason, which is mm -hmm. Everyone feels super close to people, even if they really don't know them, yep. because yeah. either you've interacted with them on social media or 
you're all there for the same reason. You all already have a really big part of your life in common, and that's a love of Star Trek. And that's one of the really wonderful things about the convention, which is it's so easy to make friends and any social awkwardness that a lot of us might feel in our daily lives kind of is rendered, it just disappears at the convention because we've already got something to talk about. So that's really awesome. And I love that about it, but it can make you more demonstrative towards someone that like, if you saw them on the sidewalk, you're not going to probably run up and hug someone that you've literally never met face to face if they're just walking down the street. (laughs) So but at the convention, it's like the barriers are different or they're gone or they're smaller. So just, yeah, I guess keep yeah. that in mind or. The thing I was going to mention, and this is also incredibly difficult, and this is part of why I brought the whole thing up, is that it is totally okay to refuse a hug. And a yeah. lot of people struggle with that because it's incredibly awkward if someone is going in to give you a hug and you are just not comfortable being hugged oh crap, what do you do? Do you freeze up and not move and let them hug you and you just stand there? Do you muster up the courage to say, maybe step back and say, you know, I uh, let's fist bump or, you know, I'm not into hugs or whatnot. But I know that that's an incredibly difficult thing for a lot of people to do is to stop a hug or to say, I'm not comfortable with the hug. But I'm just putting it out there that that's something we should all respect if it does happen. And everyone has the right to refuse physical contact. So I think it's important to take that to heart, especially because we get so excited about seeing everyone. Some people may not want a hug and it's totally cool. And it's totally okay for those people to say that they're not comfortable with it. I'm going for the uh, tricorder transmission secret handshake (laughs) with everybody. spread, Spread the word. You'll have to teach me that. Although I'm imagining, does it involve like miming using a tricorder? Like you mime that you open it and you no. mime that you scan somebody? Uh, how did you Claire, How did you find out the secret, secret handshake? <laughs> <laughs> she figured it out though. Oh, but you don't even know. She's the one that created it. Oh. <laughs> I, I did actually just sort of do it at my cat who's sitting in my lap. I, I actually, while I was talking about miming it, I was actually miming it. The sad thing is that you know Claire and I will be doing that all five days now. Well, now we're, yeah, you're going to have to now. Now it's going to be a thing. Yeah. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, now you know the secret handshake too, and you can give it to us when you see us in the hallway, and we'll nod knowingly. A faux faux tricorder scan. You can do original original series style, next generation style. Or medical tricorder style. Oh, medical tricorder style. Yes. Pretend you've got this a little nub in your hand, and there you go. Do like a little circle with the with the little medical scanner. All right. I love that moment in um I love that moment in Caretaker. Quick side note: where uh, doctor's doing his thing, he's like tricorder, medical tricorder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So actually, this is something that I, I don't know if this applies to everybody, and I and I, I want to figure out a way to say this without sounding bad, but you know. At the this is something I struggle with sometimes at the convention. It's happened to me several times over the last few years, and it involves hallway meetups. And you know, there's a lot of things going on at the con. There's panels starting in two different theaters. There's photo ops. There's the you know autographs. There's stuff going on all over the place. And people are often on their way to something uh, when you see them. 
in the hallway and I have trouble sometimes prying myself away. If I'm walking somewhere and someone stops, it, it, it's not always somebody trying to dismiss you if they're kind of running away or trying to get somewhere and they're cutting conversation short when you stop them. And I have a hard time tearing myself away because I feel really bad. Like I'm uh, like I'm ignoring someone or, or blowing them off. But if, if people are on their way somewhere, just try to be sometimes be conscious of other people's time. Uh, at the con, it may not necessarily be they, they don't want to talk to you if they're kind of being short or trying to move away. Uh, you know, they may actually be get going somewhere or meeting somebody and they're just kind of in a time constraint. I don't know if that has happened to anybody else, but I've, I find myself feeling bad as I'm walking away sometimes after having to cut a conversation, like an, an impromptu conversation short. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's definitely... I mean, I can't think of a specific time that it happened to me, but I know it's something that's probably happened to everybody, including myself, that people, it might be your fifth time at the convention where you're like, I don't really care about this thing, but it might be the person you're trying to talk to's first time. And they mm -hmm. might be like, I'm absolutely wanting to, yeah, go to all the panels or get 50 autographs or whatever their thing is. Like everyone's experiencing the convention differently and has different priorities and interests and uh, let them do their convention the way they want to do it sort of over your own yeah. like, social needs, I guess. Yeah, no, I think it really falls in line again with that, that same sense of, you know, respecting what other people are doing and us being proactive and thinking not everybody wants to be touched or not everybody has time to talk. People are off doing things. I mean, I, I know that it happens to me every year. I have a lot on my plate, whether it's cosplay or podcast stuff for trying to go to the one panel <laughs> that I want to see, or even just, you know, I have to pee. <laughs> like, sorry, guys, but it's like you just you're going places and people try to stop you. And it becomes a very awkward thing where you have to be like, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm on my way here. I can't talk right now. And it's just a good advice to keep in mind that, you know, everyone has stuff going on and it's probably nothing to be personally offended about. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it, especially someone yeah. doesn't want to hug you. It's, it's don't take offense. Someone can't talk to you. Don't take offense. Uh, there's just, just so much going on outside of ourselves and it's so important to be mindful of that and everyone around us. And I would say along the lines of going down the hallway, just be cognizant of of where, like how you move in hallways and what you, like where you're standing. If you're standing in a hallway, this is kind of a tangent into another thing here. But it made me think about it because, you know, the big hallways, like the hallway going down into the convention halls is pretty wide, usually pretty good flow through there. But the hallways within the convention hall, while they're large, they're not extremely large and when people are coming out of panels it can get very very crowded so i think it's just always good to be mindful of where you may be stopping if you're yeah, holding I would, traffic up that kind of stuff i would say think of it like you would a subway station or an airport terminal anything that you are annoyed by or that you would be mortified if you were caught if you realized you were doing it in terms of blocking the way or slowing someone else behind you down or or rushing too fast through it and like yeah. being, you know, rudely pushing people out of the way, whatever the sort of like normal transit etiquette is mm -hmm. that tends to be similar in different places. 
yeah, think it's like I said, think of it like an airport terminal, unless you're the kind of person who's really like a crappy airport person, then I <laughs> yeah. guess do the opposite. But I'm, I'm giving that advice with the assumption that everyone is like equally responsible on their yeah. public transit. And that's yeah. totally like not accurate, but <laughs> yeah, and along the same lines too, I think, I think I remember saying this probably on a, a shortly, maybe a year ago, this is, this goes right in line with this spatial awareness I know a lot of people carry backpacks and big bags and just remember when you're turning around in a tight hallway, you're, you're, you have a giant bag that is smashing into other people. And how many times I've been hit with a bag, like a shopping bag, someone's carrying or a big backpack they have on because you're in a tight space and you know, you're not used to carrying that around, you know, just, just be cognizant. And there's all there. Sometimes there's, there's children walking past you that you could hit in the head with a bag and knock them over. Um, just be, or someone in a wheelchair. I, I've seen it happen, not at yeah. STLV, but I've seen it happen like at a mall. Someone will just smack a kid in the head with a backpack or someone in a scooter could be going past you and you could just turn and hit them with your backpack. Just so just be aware if you have a big bag like that in a tight space. Or a prop. Yeah. Or a prop, yeah, a prop weapon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so far we're just going to assume that you can bring your weapon because there's no weapons policy in place two weeks before the convention. Uh, we will update the group if we get one, but didn't they have one last year where yeah. they searched everything and tagged it? I just assumed yep. they would do that again, but they, I guess they, they did. And we, we actually thought the same thing in the group because, uh, at Phoenix comic con a few months ago, there was, uh, some violence. I think, uh, someone brought a sword or a knife. I don't remember what it was, but they did bring a, an actual weapon to that convention and so I think they stopped entry for the day and then apparently we're being strict about the weapons, but then the next day we're less strict. I know that Denver Comic Con has a pretty strict weapons policy. I think we've shared what last year's policy was as a guideline, but I don't think they're really going to be strict about it and make you go through the special line and all that. Because even though they said that last year, like, by the third day, they didn't care. Yeah, the truth is they don't have the infrastructure to actually do that. No. Yeah. And they 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 tried to set it up the first day, and they realized quickly this is not yeah. going to work. Plus, so they just like, abandoned it. Star Trek weapons are not firearms in the like normal sense. They're right, either yeah. sword type items or they're phasers and things like that. It's yeah. not like like yeah. I don't know a Walking Dead convention or something where you yeah. you'd have a whole bunch of people cosplaying with very realistic looking firearms where it yeah. could be a real one. Like it's Star Trek. They're weird future weapons. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're doing a Spectre of the Gun cosplay, you know. Well, yes, <laughs> which would actually be kind of cool. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. With that exception. Fair. Or North Star. From exactly. North Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. going to bring it up. On the holodeck in First yes. Contact. Okay, fine. There's a There's couple, a but you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, but yeah, the or Lily Sloan with a machine gun. Yeah, make sure the safety protocols are engaged. <laughs> yeah, uh, props are a good thing to be aware of when you're going around the hall. But I wanted to take a minute to just talk about basic behavior in panels. Which hey, I've got, can I get one more? I got yes. one manners yeah. thing to bring. Yeah. Up. Uh, if you're gonna talk to me about anything other than Star Trek, don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> All I want to do is talk about Star Trek for six yes. days. Okay, sorry, Heather. Go. No problem. <laughs> I like that advice. Yes. Or that rule, I guess, for you. So, yeah. So, 
when we're in, in convention halls, this is something that popped up in the group that I felt should be addressed. And basically, just act like you're at the movie, assuming that you're a responsible moviegoer. Turn your phone off. You know, don't have conversations on your phone during a panel. It's okay if it's in between panels and there's nothing going on. But if someone is on that stage, don't answer your phone (laughs) and don't don't have like loud conversations because we're all right next to each other. It is it isn't as nice as some of these movie theaters where you're all spaced out and there's you know space between you that it's not bothersome. But it's just it's not polite to talk when people are trying to listen to what's going on on stage. And it is absolutely okay for you if you are being disturbed by somebody to address them politely and ask if they could just please be quiet. I know that it's not easy for everyone to do. And in that case, if if someone's being incredibly disturbing and you just don't want to deal with it, I would find a creation volunteer. But I think most of us at the convention are are pretty nice and reasonable. And so as long as you're polite to the person, you know, asking them to to be quiet should hopefully result in in them being quiet. If not, that's why they're... On the flip side, if you're the person who gets shushed, because I'll be honest, I've been (laughs) shushed before at these things. Don't get mad. Don't take it personally. Just kind of be like, oops, and be quiet. Like, it's not... You know, don't don't get bent out of shape out of it about it or think that the other person is like telling you what to do or anything stupid. Just own up that you kind of made a mistake and move on. Yeah. yeah, it's unfortunate if like someone is rude to you when they tell you to be quiet. Uh, oh, but yeah, yeah. It, it happens. Yeah, I mean, that's true. It, and I like, think the person who shushed me was totally night nice. like they weren't rude and they yeah. also were not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, it's it's just like anywhere else. And if you're talking over a conversation that people are trying to listen to, it may not be the greatest decision you've ever made. <laughs> yeah, and I but I remember my first STLV. I was in a in the the copper seat, so I had an assigned seat. And this is something to keep in mind too that if you're in the places where they have assigned seats and you are being someone who's being noisy and rude, the people that are sitting around you. It's not you really don't have the option to get up and move somewhere else. Like if you're in the GA seats, at least there, if you if you're around someone who's rude and they're not uh, going to alter their behavior, you can get up and find another seat pretty easily. But if you paid for a reserved seat, uh, and this is something that had happened to me. I was in a copper seat and a guy was sitting behind me decided that he was going to start opening up all the stuff that he bought from the vendor's room in the middle of a panel. So it's crinkling bags, opening up boxes, uh, pulling figures out of plastic. And it was just <laughs> insanely noisy. And I asked the guy, I said, hey, can you, you know, maybe do that, you know, later or some other time? He's like, no, I paid for these seats. I'm staying here. Like, okay. <laughs> so I guess I'll just get up and go sit in a, in a GA seat somewhere because I literally couldn't hear anything that was going on because he was making so much noise opening boxes. <laughs> That's unfortunate. And I think in some cases, everybody loses. <laughs> like in that case, you lost. I did. But, but uh, at least you had a some out that you yeah. could go sit somewhere else. But, you know, it's general. Like I said, general manners that you would have outside of the convention. Make sure to bring them with you for this convention. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, you know, along the same lines, too, and if you are in, in the in the general seating areas, this is another thing that's kind of, I guess, is a pet peeve of mine. I don't know about it if it's a pet peeve of you guys. If you're going to a panel and you don't plan to stay for the whole thing, try to sit near the end of an aisle, not the middle. So you're not getting up in the middle of the thing and 
making everybody else move to get out of your way so that you can get out of the aisle uh, during the middle of a panel that people are trying to watch. Um, I know there's times where you kind of have to do that if you go to the bathroom or something or you have an emergency, but if you don't plan to stay for the whole thing or you're just coming in to relax, um, just to sit down for a little while, and just kind of try to find an end seat somewhere. I'm going to let you guys in on a little STLV secret. Uh-oh. STLV secrets. <laughs> if you're not fixated on being within 100 yards of whoever's on stage, the back left and back right corners yep. are the best. Like the low key, like low key, the best spot to sit. Like, and here's my, here's, here's my only thing. Like if I'm sitting back there by myself and I have a perimeter of like three seats to any side of me. Yeah, don't, don't sit, sit right in front of me. Don't sit next to me. Exactly. Oh my god, like, yes. Yes. It's like in a movie theater. Like if you don't have a signed uh, seat, you sit right next to me. Like don't. Like just don't. <laughs> Unless you like, if you just like want to say like, hey, do you mind if I sit next to you? Like I'm by myself. But, like I might say like, oh no, I'm just like trying to chill. Like sure, sit down. But like buffer seats are always good. If there's if there's plenty of seating open, you know, do the courtesy of leaving someone buffer seats if they. Are sitting that's just himself. common sense yeah well no not to everybody it's not i've i've had that happen it to me too to where be. people come and sit right next to you or immediately that's behind you <laughs> yeah that happens uh okay so i have one one other thing that's kind of specific and that's just to be aware of how much cologne or perfume or body spray that you wear i don't know i have like sensory issues where I guess a strong scent like a perfume or cologne will trigger a migraine for me. Claire, so. I mean, Heather, I was cosplaying the outrageous Akona, okay? <laughs> We've talked about this. We have talked about this. You do know that guy, like, bathes in Old Spice. Like, he oh. bathes in it. That would be it, actually a hilarious... Yeah. Authentic costume. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Love it. <laughs> yeah, it's... I know there are a lot of people that, that share a similar... Whether it's a medical thing, like it triggers a migraine, or it's just a sensory issue, kind of overdoing it with that stuff, it's not easy to be aware of because you don't really, you don't smell the excess of it, I guess is what I'm trying to say when you, you apply it. it. Yeah, but especially when you're going to just go sit in a panel all day. So it's it's not, I'm not trying to offend anyone or make like slight or anything just is that okay <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i've got i've got like a one panel etiquette thing that i'd like to bring up which is if you're going to ask a question please think <laughs> twice about your question and ask yourself am i going to ask this person who is probably an actor an ultra specific question about a character they played maybe only a handful of times 20 or 30 years ago that they will never be able to answer because either they don't remember it or you're asking them a question that they as an actor were not responsible for because you're asking them about a writing question or a Mm -hmm. how come your character did this thing this one time but did it differently this other time they don't know I think the answer is because it was in the script that way or the director asked them to do it like that or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I'm sure he does not listen to shore leave, but Brent Spiner is on point with responding oh, to those is. questions because yes. he will tell the person directly. I have no idea. Yeah. Or I don't, re- I, even if it's something that he did in an episode, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Cause so. you have to keep in mind it's, it's weird, but like, we all have much better memories of these people's mm-hmm. performances than they actually have. 
because we have been obsessively watching their performances over and over again for the last yeah. however many years we've been into Star Trek. Like, they may have never watched the show, or yeah. maybe they watched it once or twice tops, like when it was airing. Maybe they've seen a handful of episodes with their kids, but they probably don't have anywhere close to the nerdly obsessive knowledge that we do. So yeah, please save just, your weird, just, granular, specific yeah. questions for when yes. we start getting Discovery people. <laughs> that would be <laughs> the, kind the, of they'll amazing. be more aware. Yeah. yeah, and to piggyback Claire, this is another time management thing and just being aware of other people's time. There's a very, very limited amount of time for people to line up and ask questions at these panels. So, you know, long questions or coming up with an elaborate story that you want to tell before you ask your question is also eating up a lot of time for the other people waiting behind you. And I've seen it happen so many times where someone will tell like a three or four minute story and they'll go on and on and on before they get to their question. And, you know, they could have had two or three other people were able to get in questions in that amount of time. So just. Yeah. You know, I think that stuff like that, like those longer, que- I totally understand that stuff, by the way. Like I do too. For a lot of people, you know, it's the only time they're going to get to interact with that person. And so they're super excited and they want to have a meaningful experience and they're just not really thinking about the big picture there and realizing that time is limited for, you know, the 20 or 30 people that want to ask questions. If any of these people go to the smaller conventions near you, that is the best place to have those types of experiences. We've talked about it before on shore leave, but the stars are much more available to you at smaller conventions. And I know that people like Patrick Stewart don't often go to these small conventions anymore. And I think that, he's one of the ones that that provokes these longer longer stories and sometimes they're incredibly touching and meaningful uh and i i don't want to devalue anyone's story or experience that they've shared prior to us talking about all of this but i do think it's important to realize that you know not everyone is going to get to ask their question and if you can be succinct, succinct about your question that will help save time and allow other people to have the opportunity as well yeah, and the best questions are the ones that lead into the person on stage getting to tell a story that's yeah. open-ended, that's sort of like asking a question that they can elaborate on and sort of run with. Those tend to be the best questions and the best responses, too, that the audience appreciates and is excited to hear about. When it's like, did you like doing X, Y, Z? And the answer is Yes. And then they move on to the next person, which yeah, Brent Finder will totally give you a one word yes or no answer if that's the kind of question you ask. And he's not really wrong. <laughs> and, but it's like probably kind of crappy for the person who asked the question because they're not getting the experience that they wanted from their question. Yeah. It's also just sort of wastes time and isn't very exciting for the audience. And it's probably also not very exciting for the person on stage because you have to keep in mind a lot of these people come to a lot of conventions year after year and they've probably told a lot of these stories a lot of times and being asked a really thoughtful question where they're like wow I've never been asked a question like that before or I've I'm getting the chance to tell a story that I've never told before or that I only tell rarely that's probably exciting for them it certainly is interesting for the audience you can tell that the person on stage becomes more engaged mm-hmm. in what they're talking about yeah. I, uh, if anyone who's listening has ever been to a film festival, uh, those questions are also uh, insufferable. And there's, a bit, there's a bit of overlap, but there's something to be learned. The, the worst is always, and you've mentioned it already, 
uh, th- it starts with this is more of a, a comment than a question. If that's yep. how you start, yeah. like just stop. Just, you gotta, oh you gotta like gosh. take a take a breath and then think about <laughs> it and then stop. And then the yeah. other one, this is a bit more specific, but I think also applies to this is the thing you hear all the time, and not in these exact words, but the tone you'll hear at, at a convention is uh, or a festival is. I noticed this about your movie, or I noticed this about your episode. And aren't I smart for noticing that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's a question, but it's like don't if that's like just don't. So yeah, that's yeah. All I, have to I say. think the worst the worst question, and I apologize if whomever asked this question years ago is listening to this podcast. But someone asked every guest like how they liked their beans cooked. Why? Yeah, I will never forget it. Because I I don't remember what year it was, but every single panel that I sat on that was asked of whoever whoever was on stage, and it got old very quickly. And I think the person may have gotten booed at some point, which people generally don't get booed by asking questions. We're we're all a nice audience, and so even if it's something that is droning on, we generally don't start booing. But when you ask people the same redundant question in every panel. That might happen. And you have to keep in mind, too, like these people who come to the convention to speak as guests. Yeah, they're getting paid, but they don't they don't have to do this. And if the quality of the experience goes down enough, some of them might stop doing it or they might do it less often. Mm -hmm. I mean, you want to keep them interested in coming back just like they want to keep us interested in coming back because it's a reciprocal thing we're here and they're getting paid and the other way around no it's so true and i'm pretty sure that at one point one of the actors who was asked that question was obviously pretty pissed off yeah, <laughs> it's a waste of their time and was like what and just kind of walked away thinking like next question can we end this topic by uh just giving a surely shout out anybody who's been to stlv before there's one guy that asks a question at every panel. He's like <laughs> super nicely dressed and he asks really yeah. thoughtful, well thought out, detailed oriented questions about something specific enough that they usually will know something about it. If you've been there, you know the guy I'm talking about. Yes. So surely shout out to that guy. Every yes. single panel. I know. He, he looks like an accountant or something. It's weird. Yes, it's like he, he took an hour like off an of his CPA job and yeah. is like standing in line to ask Kate Mulgrew a question. It's so that weird. Exactly what he looks like. I love him. I love that guy. Yeah. I love awkward questions. I have no I, issue with any of them. They crack me up. <laughs> and and every once in a while they lead to some of the best answers. So I've, got a, I've got a good you one. Uh a couple of years ago, I think it was year before last, when Star Trek Continues had a screening uh, at the AMC offsite, it was like they started late and this Q&A went to like two in the morning and everyone oh, was, was just there. Like over it. It was insane. And it's not the kind of like, the way the theaters laid out. You couldn't like dip out like discreetly. So we, like, we were just yeah. stuck there. And it's like two in the morning. Yep. And the last question is like, so that's when Captain Kirk at the end of the episode, he says uh, there's only – one woman he could never leave and then the shot cuts to the outside of the enterprise who is he talking about <laughs> what <laughs> like, oh my God. Uh, let's call it a night great thanks for coming <laughs> okay so this one isn't isn't quite a social manners thing it, it isn't it isn't my big message here is if you're going to be drinking at the bars to drink responsibly mm-hmm. and on one hand this totally means 
taking care of yourself, being aware of how much you're drinking. We all know the rule, right? You have your alcoholic beverage, then you have a glass of water. <laughs> and I don't mean to sound like a mom here, just that it's important because you're probably already dehydrated. <laughs> We've talked about this on Shirley repeatedly, the fact that we don't drink enough water. So it's just a, a general good rule to have is to make sure that when you're out of the bars drinking, that you also drink water as frequently as possible. And know yourself, know, know yourself, know your limits, exercise your limits. It's, it's easy when you're at a uh, masquerade or you're, you're at the con, you're at Ibar, you're wherever you're at a room party and you're having a good time and you're amongst friends. It's, it's, it's so easy to overindulge. I think we've all been there. We've all woken up with the hangovers the next morning, but know yourself, know how you get when you've had too much because, you know, you are around, you will be around strangers and you will be around friends. And, you know, I, I've seen unfortunate incidents at some of these, you know, late night bar evenings that we've been at where people are obviously quite inebriated and kind of start to act out a little bit. It's not like, it's not like you're at a, you know, at a, at a bar where fights are going to break out. But, you know, things do get a little bit dicey sometimes. And, I, you know, I think we've all been in situations uh, at Masquerade or in a room party where it, there are people who have obviously had a little too much and they're, they're doing things that are really inappropriate or, uh, you know, over the top. Yeah. So that was the other half of, oh, of it was sorry. to, no, it's okay. You said it for me. Is that, you know, when you drink excessively and become drunk, you do things that you will probably regret the next day. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. while I have not actually seen a bar fight break out at the convention, I have seen one come pretty close. And I think Claire was there with me for that one. Um, I was going to say, not to make light of this, but there are literally drunken Klingons at Masquerade. Yes, there are. Like, <laughs> literally. And so, uh, yeah. you know, people can get heated. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, there's... There's potential for that. Overall, you know, people are pretty well behaved, I guess. But I myself have been in positions where friends have had too much to drink and don't act appropriately with me. And so I've been put in very uncomfortable situations. And that's why every year I have you guys and other friends that will keep an eye out for me. And that's something that I recommend that everybody does is to find a buddy just to either keep an eye on you and your drinking or you and your safety. Mm -hmm. It's a tough thing to talk about, but it does happen, especially in that bar environment. And so it's just a PSA out there to drink responsibly, not only to take care of yourself and prevent yourself from having a blackout, also protecting other people. I guess on the, on the heels of that, it, it leads into something that the group requested we talk about along the lines of harassment and social media harassment leading up to the convention, around the convention, harassment that happens at the convention. We've talked about harassment pertaining to cosplay in an episode that we did last year. And this was something that I was going to talk about tonight, but as, as I really started to think about it, it's something that I feel we need to devote an entire episode to. So... That episode will come out after STLV, probably late August or September. We have a couple friends in line to come talk to us about that subject. I'm sorry that we couldn't get it out beforehand. You know, overall, we we like to remind people to be respectful. I guess treat people like you would treat your family, right? 
there's a lot to talk about for that subject. And it's just not something that I can, I can do a great service to in such a short amount of time. So that will be coming later on. Okay. Group gatherings at the bar. Since we're still talking about this bar stuff, I just wanted to mention everybody is welcome at the bar, whether they drink or not. This is something that popped up in the group. And I just, I just wanted to make sure that everyone knows while we completely understand that some people are not comfortable being at the bar for their own reasons, we hope that that no one feels like they're going to be judged because they have a glass of water or a Coke. I, nobody cares, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> you know, if, if you're worried about, you know, someone judging you or people judging you because you're not drinking, it happens all the time. Lots of people do it and they have just as good a time as anybody else. So don't feel like you have to. Nobody's judging you about what's in your cup. We're all just there to socialize and have fun. Okay, so same same subject here. There are people that do not go to the bar because they may be recovering alcoholics. They may currently be alcoholics, and that's okay. This year, we have a group that is set up for camaraderie, companionship, and hopefully some events so we have an email for, for them. It's friends of Bill W and Grace W at gmail.com. And your your email will be confidential. They ask that you email that address so that you can be added to a list and then they'll email you regarding meetups and get togethers. So same thing. <laughs> regarding meetups and and I guess making buddies to have. Uh, that group will not share your information and they use blind copy on the emails so that if there is a mass email, your name doesn't go out to mm. all the other people. So it's it's completely anonymous and it's just something that they wanted to do so that there is still support for everyone who comes. That's great. Yeah. 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 It's a really cool thing. So we're really happy about that and we wanted to let everyone know. I will say that this year it looks like we actually have some help in planning events outside of the bar. <laughs> I am really oh. excited. Yeah, I'm really excited about this because I totally I totally get that the bar is really not a conducive place for everyone to socialize. They are crammed, they are loud, they are smoky. There's not a lot of space to do fun things. A lot of people seem to gather in corks. Apparently, our buddy John Krikorian was doing uh, some different games, like Cards Against Humanity, I think, yep. uh, and, and other things. And, and Quark's kind of away from the karaoke. That can still be loud when there's karaoke going on. They did pretty well there. So we did, in the unofficial Star Trek Las Vegas Facebook group, set up an event for a game night at Quark's. And then I think we're going to have a second event that is a family-friendly game nights. Mm. And... They're still looking for a good location for that. I think it's likely going to be in one of the convention hallways. And this will be even more games and emphasis on the family friendly. So not adult games. Right. And we can those can be in quirks or we can even have a third event for adult games. We just it's hard for us to organize all of these these events and be at the events. But we've had many people step up, which I am extremely grateful for. And it looks like we're going to have several opportunities for people to socialize outside of the bars this year. So hip, hip, hooray. I'm very excited. Alrighty. So 
We last thing that we talk about tonight, I wanted to end on a positive note and talk about stuff that we are looking forward to at STLV 2017. So we haven't really heard a lot from Claire since she's not on Facebook. So Claire, <laughs> what are you looking forward to this year? Uh, I'm super excited that Mae Jemison is going to be there. If yeah. anybody doesn't know who she is, she is an astronaut and physician and really awesome lady. And she also was on Star Trek, uh, The Next Generation, as a transporter technician for like one episode. And she actually got to meet uh, Nichelle Nichols mm-hmm. on set while she was filming. Uh, so I'm really excited about her being there. And I really hope that whenever her panel discussion is scheduled, that I will be there for it because <laughs> I'm actually coming in late on Wednesday and leaving like mid-afternoon Sunday. and it would be kind of crappy if the scheduling didn't work out. But even if I don't get to see her, it's I'm really excited that she is going to be there. That's one thing that I think STLV has been a little bit not so great on is the scientific side. They actually have had some pretty great sort of science panelists in the past, but last year they didn't really have any that I can recall. Yeah, no. Although they had the 50th thing, so they, they had different priorities, I guess, but very excited about Mae Jemison. I'm just excited to be there. I'm excited to be hanging out with my friends, talking about Star Trek, celebrating the goofy fun that is going to a Star Trek convention. Um, If anyone who's ever been to one has had to explain to people who've never been or who aren't Trekkies. Oh, yeah. Like, what's the deal with Star Trek conventions? Why do you go to those? It's kind of hard to put into words, like, why they're fun and, like, what point of them is Uh, (laughs) i mean because it's not just like well couldn't you talk about star trek with other people yes and don't you yes (laughs) it's just there's like something sort of ephemeral about it and i'm really excited to be there and experience it again (laughs) so Josen, what about you i'm looking forward to doing something i haven't done before this is something i heard about on another podcast um a couple of my friends and i are getting uh something from the Caesars properties, this is something they offer called the Buffet of Buffets. Surprise, I'm talking oh, wow. about food on the tricorder transmissions. <laughs> um, uh, so this thing is basically for if you have the total rewards card, uh, which has been discussed, I think, on the podcast before, it's free. You get it's this thing is called it's Buffet of Buffets. You get for $50. If you don't have the card, it's $60. And you basically have 24 hours unlimited access to any of the buffets on the Caesars hotels. So I think there's like six or seven different buffets. And and any of the good ones are going to cost you the better part of $50 anyway. So That's what true. we're going to do – yeah, so we're going to time it so that like we get the cards right before dinner. And then you got breakfast the next day and lunch and maybe another dinner if you're still somehow hungry. So we're going to like really strategize. Apparently the buffet at the Rio is pretty good. Uh, Caesars, Paris, uh, Planet Hollywood is uh, renowned too. So. PH is my, always my choice, man. I mm-hmm. love the PH buffet. Yeah. Yeah. So check out the buffet of buffet cards. Ask, ask them when you check in about that if you want to do that. I'm looking forward to stepping up my people watching game. And not in a creepy way, but like <laughs> Las Vegas has like great people watching. Yeah, former New Yorker and a current Los Angelian. Uh, Vegas still is number one. So, and not just the people at the Trek convention. Like, just you know, kind of like do some people watching. It's not. It's not going to cost you anything. It's kind of entertaining. It's a good way to like not like disengage if you're 
if you got that convention anxiety that's been discussed and, you know, kind of some personal time, here's the only thing I'll say for every four or five cool, interesting, funny, amusing things you'll see in Vegas as your people watching, <laughs> you're going to see at least like two or three, like hardcore depressing like messed oh, up God, stuff yeah. so you just <laughs> you just gotta like clock that and move past it because it's there and uh you know just have fun in vegas have fun at the convention and um compartmentalize easier said than done but if like you got work stuff going on or personal stuff at home that you feel like is going to be kind of on your mind try and compartmentalize it to the extent you can just have a great time um at the convention awesome jeff i think we've talked a little bit about what you're looking forward to this year but refresh my memory oh um, yeah top of the list is seeing everybody hanging out with all of our trek family like claire said and and you've said before and adam said that it's always going to be nice to get back and see everybody. It's like coming home again, uh, being able to hang around and talk about it. I'm looking forward to talking about some discovery stuff with all you guys. So self-serving, looking forward to the fourth anniversary Tricorder Transmissions birthday party. That is going to be a lot of fun. It's a it's going to be a big moment just looking back on the last four years and uh, how everything's evolved and all the new folks who've come into the show and how things have changed over the years. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see people friends with and our listeners and people from the group are planning to come. I'm looking forward to seeing all those people in one place and, and celebrating together. That's going to be fun. And um, yeah, the TNG panel, the the nighttime panel, uh, that's going to be really cool. Uh, looking forward to a lot of the events we have. Gaze in Space is going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to going to that. And uh, oh, and well, we're going to talk about this a little bit later too, but looking forward to uh, reprising my cosplay role. Uh, that's going to be <laughs> A lot of fun to bring back good old Santa Gorn again. Yeah. So I, I'm, I, it's funny. I had decided that this year I was going to try to take a step back from all the stuff that I do every year and, you know, go to panels this year and take an actual vacation. And that has somewhat changed because I got really excited about some things that we've done with our group, uh, the unofficial STLV group on Facebook which we'll talk about in a minute, but, uh, my, my plate is runneth over. I'm like everyone here. I'm most excited to see all of you and everyone out there listening, all of our friends that we see every year. I am looking forward. Okay. I am both looking forward and dreading the remembering Leonard Nimoy yeah. documentary. When we talked to Julian David, it's, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of happiness in, in this documentary. So it's not going to be, you know, completely sad, but, uh, I know I'm going to cry. So <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I think it's incredibly special that we get to see that at STLV before it's, I mean, I know it was on, on PBS in Boston already, but we get to see it before everyone else outside of Boston gets to see it. And I think that's, that's pretty cool. I will just cry onto Jeff's shoulder or something if I need to. I'll use your T-shirt, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> It'll be an LLAP shirt, so. Yeah. I'm really excited about the number of events that are being organized by people that are not creation, like mm -hmm. the Gaze in Space Party, which is uh, Friday, Friday night after the TNG panel. There was a party last year that I never knew about, so I'm so happy that Dan Devey, the, the org organizer uh, has been active in our group and let us know about the party. I already have my outfit plans and lots of glitter. So I'm super excited about that. 
there is also a, a Klingon feast now on Wednesday night, which oh. unfortunately we have a tricorder dinner to attend. But that sounded really cool. It's like a $65 fee, but it includes transportation and a meal. So that just popped up this week and that that sounded pretty cool. So I'm kind of bummed that I, I don't get to go to that. But yeah, there's just there's so much going on TNG 30th anniversary wise that I'm looking forward to and my usual panels that I like to go to my other podcasters, Women at Warp, Mission Log, which now is the Roddenberry Podcast Network along with Priority One. So we'll see what happens there. But I think I'm just I'm super excited about the stuff that we're doing for our group. We were shocked at the response that we got for the name badges. We really just wanted to fulfill a need that was there. And we sold over 100 name badges. Yeah, 109. 109 name badges. So with that money we wanted so it's, this money doesn't go to jeff and i it doesn't go to no. tricorder aside from what's left over from what i'll talk about here in a second uh goes to our tricorder party which goes to you guys so everyone who attends that will cover beverages cake all the fun stuff but uh what we decided to do with the money was reinvest it into the community and so i had had this idea for a bingo or scavenger hunt game and I did not think it would be possible to make it happen for this year. And Jeff, I guess, knows that anything can be possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So together we created STLV 2017 Bingo Challenge. Uh, we've talked about it in the group. And so that's really the best place to find it. I shared the information on the Shirley Twitter. We have a limited number of cards to play bingo. So we will be... Give, we will be giving out those bingo cards daily. It's it's free to play. So you will find us and get a card. And we'll be giving out cards from Wednesday through Saturday so that everyone has a chance to play. There are three grand prizes. So we'll have three winners. And those prizes are $50 gift card to or gift certificate to Fansets, a $50 gift certificate to Shop LLAP. And a $50 gift certificate to make it so. Whoever we pick out of the hats first in the drawing will get first choice and then so on. But we'll have those three main winners. Everyone who gets a card and who completes, I think it's two bingos. So it's the Delta Shield. When you get your bingo card, there's a Delta Shield on it. So everyone who completes those will get a, a wristband. It's a pretty cool yeah. wristband. It's not like a gimmicky advertising wristband. It's just like a TNG 30 STLV Captain's Holiday wristband is what we made. Yes. It's pretty cool. Yes, very cool. So there are exactly 100 of them. So um, we will have a limit of 100 players for the bingo game. Yep. So they'll be due by, I think it's 7 p.m. on Saturday night. They need to be turned in. And like I said, if you don't do the whole bingo card, you'll still get a bracelet. But you do need to do... The Delta Shield squares to get the bracelet. Yep. We're hoping that everyone completes their whole card so that they can be entered to win one of the grand prizes. Yeah. So the Delta Shield spaces are half the card, so uh, eight spaces out of the total sixteen spaces on the card. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting. I, I didn't think it would happen, and it's happening. And so far, the response has been very positive. So I'm really excited about that. Yes, it has, and hopefully uh, Claire and Adam will be playing. Oh, totally. <laughs> 
<laughs> I will. Obviously. Come on. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun stuff. There's a lot of, um, you know, finding things, taking selfies with things, um, meeting meeting people, our vendor friends in the vendor room. So a lot of cool, fun, challenging things on the card. I'm looking forward but to seeing it. But not too challenging. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. We didn't make it too, too hard. So it will be possible to finish the The most card. challenging thing on the bingo card, guys, is to take a photo with a pink triple. Mm. I think that's probably the most challenging there's that guy, the Tribble vendor, that's always there. I yes. guarantee you they have a pink Tribble. We'll see if he's there, but I know that the Roddenberry booth usually has pink Tribbles as well. Yes. Oh. And I also own a couple of pink Tribbles that I'll be bringing with me and probably hiding somewhere in the vendor <laughs> room with some of our friends. And you may have to look for one. So they may be in there, too. Yeah. So it, that that one is more the scavenger hunt type item. Yeah. But it shouldn't be too difficult that that it wouldn't happen. We'll make sure that one happens for you. Definitely. <laughs> so um I'll give I'll give a clue here by the way for anybody who's listening. Um something that we're going to talk about a little bit in a minute. One of the squares is also to take a selfie with Santa Gorn. So I know He's not going to be there every single day this year like he was last year. So if you are looking to finish your card, Santa Gorn now has a website. It is SantaGorn.com. So you can go there and you will be able to see where he will be appearing around the times he'll be appearing at STLV. So there's a Twitter feed on there. So I'll be posting when you'll be able to take your selfies with him if you're having trouble locating him. Or I have a question about Santa Gorn real quick. Oh, okay. I know, I know that our both of our hosts are quite the fans of uh, Walt Disney World, and mm-hmm. a big thing there is uh, uh, for those who don't know is immersion. So if you know, let's say I'm I'm a young uh, child who's never been there, and I see Mickey Mouse, and it's like that's not Mickey. Well, no, that's Mickey's friend. Can you confirm or deny, if possible, that this will be the real Santa Gorn there, or if this is just a friend <laughs> of Santa Gorn? Well, I have it on good authority that it will be the real one and only authentic Santa Gorn. And you will know it because he will be the only Santa Gorn giving out the exclusive 2017 Santa Gorn pins. So we're going to launch here into some of this as well. So you kind of perfect segue along with the bingo game. I'm really excited about these, by the way, because Heather and I designed a lot of these things together and uh, we have five different pins that are going to be available at STLV this year. Five. I mean, this is unprecedented. (laughs) Last year we had uh, one. So this year we actually have five pins. So the first one, of course, is the Santa Gorn pin. And uh, as last year, Santa Gorn had a pin. This year's design is completely different. And in order to get one, you're going to have to track him down, take a selfie with him. And if you're fortunate, Santa Gorn has a limited number of pins with him and you will be able to obtain one of those pins. But uh, so there's four other pins. I said we had five. So there's four other pins that are going to be available and there are specific things that you will have to do in order to get one. So the first one is Heather and I will be doing, we said this uh, in the group and I think on Twitter it's been put out there. And I think on our last podcast too, we're going to be doing some interviews and it's actually one of the bingo card squares as well. We're going to be doing what we're calling a little miniature interviews with folks just in and around the convention during the day, walking around. You know, we're going to have a mic and we're going to do just little couple minute clips, ask you some questions about your experience at the con and, you know, what you're liking and what your highlights are and maybe a couple of other little surprise questions that we'll have in our back pockets. And if you conduct 
one of those interviews with us, you're going to get one of our new Shore Leave uh, logo pins, which is the new Horgon design that uh, we've posted. That's well, the same one that's going to be on our name badges that you'll see people wearing uh, around the con, the ones that we were just talking about selling uh, in the group. And uh, so, yeah, you can get one of those. They're, I think it's a two and a half inch round pin. So it's pretty big and it's got the design on it. So it's pretty cool. Heather and I designed that one together. Very proud of that design. I, I love that. I think it looks really cool. Um, let's see. What else do we have? So we've got also there is a, this one. I'm not sure how uh, Jim Morehouse, who was on the show earlier, our Trek Ranks host, we have a Trek Ranks pin as well. It's the Trek Ranks album art pin that's attached to every one of the episodes. And I'm not sure how Jim's going to be giving them out, but I'm sure if we track us down and you you introduce yourself and say hi to us and talk with us, I'm sure Jim will see his way clear to hand out some pins. I, I think I think you have to uh, do the tricorder scan oh, handshake for that, right? Yeah, maybe do the, the tricorder <laughs> scan secret not, handshake. Yeah, so just scan him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, scan him with your medical, your imaginary medical tricorder, yeah. and he'll hand over a pin to you. So yeah, there's going to be a limited number of those as well. Uh, let's see. Let's, we also have, there's a fourth anniversary tricorder transmissions pin uh, that's going to be, it's a brand new square pin with a brand new design on it, and that's only going to be available at our fourth anniversary party. There's a limited number of those as well, so if you're attending the party... You will get one of those as long as you're there early enough and we don't run out. So um, they're, they're very cool. And let's see. Oh, and Heather also has a pin. Do you want to talk about your pin, Heather? Yes, this is I Heather do. Exclusive. I do because there's something else I want to talk about that I forgot to mention earlier. So um, we're doing Craft Swap, which we did last year. I think it's been happening for a few years now. Last year I made soap. And unfortunately, I didn't do very well with making the meetup. So I wound up leaving most of my soap on a table. <laughs> which people did get and they did like. So um, that was exciting. I'm glad that people still got my little soaps. Um, this year, I could not bring the soap. It's Soap is heavy. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a lot to carry with me. So I decided to do something a little different. And at the time, there was no Pride cosplay event or Pride family photo set up. So my pin is a specific... To the LGBTQ community, and I don't. Are we gonna have like pictures of the pins in the group or somewhere sure, sure. before? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's an idic with a rainbow inside, and it's it Jeff and I. You know, I had the idea. Jeff made it happen, like he did with all these other pins, and it's really awesome. And so that's my craft swap this year. So find me, and assuming that I have enough, I have a limited number, but. I'm happy to give those to anyone in the LGBT community or who is an ally. I'm happy to do that. So those will be there. And on the heels of that announcement, I had enough interest that I did create an event for um, an LGBTQ pride family photo op. So that's up on the group. I think right now I have it tentatively as Friday, but if you go to our event section, it's there and just keep an eye on the event because the date and time may or may not change. I'm not totally sure. Without the schedule, it's hard to plan. <laughs> so like a lot of things are are tentative up there. But I was happy to get some interest and in, to be able to have that photo again because that was definitely the highlight of, of my convention last year. And I look forward to doing it again. So I think we're doing a pretty good job of creating our pin movement. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're taking the Disney fandom. We, we Heather and I love Disney. Adam just outed us yet again, but we both love collecting Disney pins. So we're getting a, a Trek pin movement started. Watching the fan sets, guys. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to ask, Do you does Tricorder Transmissions have any pins or swag? Have you guys capitalized at all on the, the brand? Well, we do have a red <laughs> bubble store. You can get no, all of our logo stuff true. there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm that's just about you guys. That's about the extent is the Redbubble store, but for the most part, all these pins were of our own from our own pocketbooks. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just stuff that we wanted to do that we thought was really fun. I I collected a lot of pins last year just from various people giving them out, and then my fan sets pins, and it's it's a fun little hobby to have. So yeah, I'm excited to hand out our pins and. Santa Gorn is going to have an elf this year, which did not get mentioned. Oh, that's right. He is going to have a, a dedicated elf assistant. He's very excited about that. She walked around with him once last year as well. But so she wasn't she, an you know, elf. She wasn't an elf. She was just no. his lovely assistant. Uh, yeah. This year he's going to have an elf with him. So this is this is a first. And Santa also, by the way, I don't know if I knew that he also has a new suit. He's getting an upgrade. <laughs> upgraded <laughs> oh, this year. Oh, that's right. Yes. Didn't did did or okay? I correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the original Santa Gorn suit may have ended its life in a garbage <laughs> can in a hotel room in Las Vegas, right? It certainly, did as you, did, as did many things end their lives in garbage cans in Las Vegas hotel rooms. Claire, yes, the Santa Gorn suit, the original pub crawl Santa Gorn suit, was discarded. Uh, it was not built to last, and it was worn five days in a row, and I don't think it was meant to be worn more than one day. Um, so it did not survive. It was falling apart by the end. So um, this year, he's got a, a a very good upgrade of a suit. Not not quite a professional suit, but a, a very nice, uh, velvety, real-looking Santa suit. So uh, We can just say that the Santa Gorn experience has been upgraded. Yes, very much so. I'm very excited. His his pins this year are square. I'm so excited. It's silly, but I'm excited about that. Very much. Very cool. You can actually see the design, by the way. Uh, if you go to thesantagorn.com, you can see the design of what the new pin looks like. And there's also, hint, hint, on the Redbubble store, there is a Santa Gorn shirt that you can get. Somebody bought what? one. There's a Santa Somebody Gorn bought shirt. one? Yeah, there's a Santa Gorn shirt. Was it you? No, it was not me. <laughs> it was not me. Someone bought one. Um... From the UK, no less, bought the Santa Gorn huh. shirt. All right. Well, I think that we've talked about a lot of good stuff. I apologize if we've been all over the place, but I, man, guys, I'm two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Two weeks. Unbelievable how fast the time has gone. I can't believe, and we're all going. And I remember we had a, there was a little bit of concern earlier on in, after the last convention of whether or not Claire was going to be in attendance this year, but. I think we're all very happy that uh, Claire will be among us. Oh, yeah, I'm happy, too. Yes, I was actually I thinking about that earlier today. I was like, you know how like mad at myself I would have been if I hadn't ended up coming this year? <laughs> yeah, I think that just goes to show we I mean, we've said this on short leave so many times, Heather, that it's it's one of those experiences that once you get once it gets its hooks in you. You don't want to stop going. <laughs> you want to just keep going every single year. And you may sometimes feel like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm not going to go next year. But, you know, you always wind up going. Well, personally, I'm just super excited that I've saved up all my dollar bills. And no, I'm not going to Chippendales or a strip club. But as is 
Heather and Claire fashion, Claire will probably throw my money in the air <laughs> and then I will roll around in it. I think that Drosen may have a similar plan in mind. I would yeah. be honored to fulfill that dream for, <laughs> for yeah. you. You know what we should do is rent out one of those booths that we that like blows the money around and we yeah. just like grab at it. Oh, That's yeah. fun. Yes. Yeah, no, but it's great. Yeah, so we're definitely going to make it rain like that. But, um, but, yeah, I've been saving up this year, which is great because I haven't done that in years past. And uh, even if, like, you haven't really saved up or you're doing SWN on a budget this year, I would say take the next week or so just to, like, kind of think about how you want to spend your money and approach it. So that way when you're at the convention, it's just not on your mind all day. Because for me, like, the best thing that saving money and money is going to buy me at the convention is not having to think about money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing worse than going on a vacation and then having to worry about spending money on the vacation. And it's, that's always very stressful. And just a yeah. reminder to anyone who's never been to Las Vegas or has been and forgot, the ATMs there spit out $100 bills and the surcharges are really high. So yeah, extremely if high. you think you're going to want to use cash, you should get your cash before you leave. Absolutely. For Vegas. <laughs> yeah. 100% agree. Oh, by the way, guys, before we before we wrap up, I we, we, we forgot to ask Heather and I talked about what we're doing, but Heather um Claire and Adam, do you have cosplay plans for this year? I'm not doing anything new. Um I might bring one of my existing ones. I do have a new shirt, just like a t shirt, nothing exciting, except for what's on the shirt, and I'm very excited about it. And I will I told my mom and that was it. Nobody oh. else knows. I don't even know. Oh, my God. No, oh, wow. you guys are going to see it and you're going to be like, that's it. But I think it's hilarious and awesome. And I'm excited yes. <laughs> to wear the stupid T-shirt. Awesome. <laughs> Adam, anything? Still up in the air, just like George Clooney in that movie. Um, my What was that movie? Uh, up in the air? That, that, move, that movie was Which... called Out of Sight with Jennifer yeah. Lopez. Oh, nice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> also check out up in the air <laughs> um or check out suburbicon from paramount pictures coming to theaters this september <laughs> directed by george clooney yeah how about that how about that um yeah you know to again to use the disney parlance my friend uh commander shelby might come but she's very yeah. she's very oh, high maintenance and cool. um it's it's she's expensive to put together with the makeup and nails and waxing and blah blah blah. So maybe maybe not. Please, but I, please. I know, awesome. I know, but yeah. um, <laughs> see, you can all see yourselves with my Facebook pictures in the meantime. Um, I there, I also do have a, mo a more low key friend of mine from uh, one of the Starship Enterprises who might be making an appearance. Mm. So keep your eyes out because it's it's been a long road getting from there to here. <laughs> oh boy. Nice hint. Nice hint. All right. So that brings episode 28 of Shore Leave to a close. This is our last episode before STLV. So we're going to be uh, dark on Shore Leave for a couple weeks here until we get back from the convention and get fired back up again. So, um, Claire, uh, while we're on our way out, where can people find you online? I am on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at isolinearchick. That's C-H-I-C-K, not chip. And yeah, I'm on Twitter. That's it. Okay. Mr. Drosen, where can people find you? Twitter, Instagram, Adam Drosen, D-R-O-S-I-N. Find me at Las Vegas. Hit me up if you're going to do that buffet of buffets. If anyone has buffet opinions of the Caesar properties, I want to hear them opinions because <laughs> we're going crazy. Awesome. <laughs> and Heather Barker, where can people locate you? 
I am LLA Posper on Twitter. And that adorable pet related handle just reminded me of something. I do have another cosplay that I haven't really talked about. So I should talk about it very quickly. But on Saturday, while Trek Geeks, Bill and Dan are showing off their sexy legs and their TNG scans, I will be appearing as some form of a space puppy. (laughs) They are trying. They are raising funds for the Nevada SPCA. And that's actually one of our bingo squares is that we would like for everyone to donate one dollar in support of of Trek Geeks and helping all these animals. They've had a great response so far. And I thought it would be a great opportunity to wear my strange little furry outfit and uh, and be a space puppy. Very cool. <laughs> it's, it's strange and odd, but that's who I am. So, so yeah, I hope that I'll see everybody Saturday. Excellent. So, all right, I am Warp Factor Jeff on Twitter, and Heather and I also administrate the unofficial Star Trek Las Vegas Convention Facebook group on Facebook. <laughs> Where else would it be? <laughs> the Facebook along, group. Hey, along with our BFF, Jesse, Jesse who yes. was doing an incredible job of helping us with all of the crazy activity. I've, I've already said it in the group the other day, but guys, our group is like the most active STLV group on social media. We are... I have far less members in the official creation group, but we are way more active and it's just such a wonderful community. And I am so appreciative of everybody in it who makes it so successful and fun and STOV family all year long. Yes, absolutely. And if you are, if you are going to the convention and you have questions about it, you can post them in the group and people will answer you. They have, we have a fantastic community and everyone is really dedicated to helping everyone have the best time at the con that they possibly can. So definitely join up if you're not a member yet. And so, oh, by the way, we have a new URL for this show. It's shoreleavepodcast.com. So you can go there for more information on the show and get to our previous episodes, including STV 101 and some of the other stuff. We are also at Shoreleave on Twitter and Facebook is facebook.com slash Shoreleave podcast. So and the network is the tricorder transmissions.com. So again, we will be dark for a few weeks until we get back from the convention. So we hope to see a lot of you there and conduct some little mini interviews with you. And we'll see you again on the next Shoreleave. Hi there. Thanks again for listening. If you're cruising the galaxy looking for even more Trek talk, why not visit our good friends Bill and Dan over at TrekGeeks.com? They've got a great podcast that covers a wide range of Star Trek topics, so you're sure to find something you'll love. And if you're in the mood for some awesome tunes, then you really need to head over to 5yearmission.net. The guys are writing a song for every episode of the original series, and each one is absolutely brilliant. So that's TrekGeeks.com and 5yearmission.net. Check them out today.